Coming up next in the podcast, how to be selfless for personal gain. It sounds like clickbait, which is why we take on this topic that Tom Ziegler lists as a second virtue in his book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. I wanted to confront the issue as I feel we can so often miss the value of it in our lives because the concept is a bit preposterous. It feels overwhelming and not even possible. The Bible talks about dying to self. And does anyone feel that they have actually accomplished this? I mean, when something feels unreachable, we tend to just abandon it. Well, selflessness is the opposite of selfishness, but it doesn't mean it's without self-interest. If I have food and you don't, and I keep mine for myself, that's pure selfishness, especially if it's you know hurting you. If I give some or even all my food to you, we'd say that's selfless. But I mean, look at the word. It's selfless is less self, not zero self. Giving my food to you makes me feel good about myself. It should. I still get benefit, maybe even more than you do. And more often than not, our selfless acts get noticed and what does go around comes around for our benefit. And the point is understanding how being selfless serves others and us. And it's okay that you aren't, in fact, totally dead to yourself. If you read the Bible contextually, you'll see testimony that dying to self may speak more to dying to our lower base, fully selfish self, and being born again to your higher best self. There's still a self there, and that's okay. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This podcast has a simple premise, and it's to take the best wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today, to your world today. And this podcast is presented by Ziegler, the most trusted brand in personal and business development, influencing over 250 million people worldwide. You can visit Ziegler.com to see how they can inspire your true performance. Coming up next, Tom Ziegler and I take on this concept of being selfless to help you better engage with it, to serve others and yourself. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. So you're telling me about your four weeks of travel and tell me you have a, what, a Hertz rental car, rental car uh, story. <laughs> I see you laughing. So let's go ahead and share it with everybody. Talk. Yeah. So it's been kind of crazy. Uh, four weeks in a row of being somewhere this last week, I was in L.A., uh, visiting a client of ours, uh, Healing Care Hospice, just a great organization. Um, 
And gosh, when you work with people in healthcare, especially in the hospice industry, you know, they come with a big heart, right? Because that's just a, that's just a huge need. And their primary value uh, is compassion, right? Kind of compassion with excellence and the idea that they help families through a very um, trying and significant time in a family's life and try to bring comfort and compassion and, and meaning to that to that time. So I'm, I'm doing all my arrangements and I decide to rent a car in LA. And uh, so I, I'm a Hertz gold member, probably like a lot of our listeners are, you probably have a preferred rental car place. And so I go to uh, Hertz and, you know, in my browser, it just pulls, when I type in Hertz, it pulls up old links. And so it pulled up an old link, clicked on it, changed the dates, read it in my car. And did the whole deal. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. It was like 200 bucks total for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And for those of you who have rented cars lately, it's all over the board. I mean, you can pay a small fortune for a rental car. Yeah. So I was pretty excited about that. And uh, so then I went to check my Hertz account to, you know, just make sure the reservation was logged there and it wasn't. Well, Hertz added this new thing called chat, a Hertz chat or whatever. Yeah, and so yeah. I, so I did the chat and I said, Hey, this is my reservation. It's not showing up on my account. Well, the first guy uh, who was helping me said, uh, Hey, I can help you with that. He was in the, he said, I'm going to transfer it over to your account. Uh, but the thing is, is I've got to cancel the original reservation and we'll give you credit back on your credit card. And then I'll do the new reservation. Don't worry. It'll be the same rate, the same car. And then he told me, he said, don't leave, don't leave uh, the brow or don't leave the window. And I'm like, yeah. Um, okay. So he's doing all that stuff. And so what do I do? I go and check my email while. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so I come back over and the chats ended and I'm like, oh no. And of course he hadn't finished the change. So I get back on chat and I say, Hey, I was just talking. I think his name was Arvin. I was just talking to Arvin and I left the window. I won't do that again. Uh, but I need to get this account into my uh, reservation into my, under my membership. And so of course they handle it perfectly. Uh, change it all over. No big deal. So then I go to LA and I get to the rental car place and they have those boards, right, with your name on it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a gold member. And so I look at the board and it says my car is in the president's circle. Well, in the president's, that's kind of like a high-end thing. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging that. Maybe it's not a high-end thing. If it's not, then marketing-wise, they got me, right? Yeah. Uh, but normally... It, you know, cause I usually rent a standard full size car. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, one that's going to pay the extra $5 a day for the little bit nicer. Right. I, I just want a standard full size car, but it's in the president circle. And so I look at the guy and he goes, yeah, just there's three rows of president circle. Just pick whatever car you want. So I go over there and I pick a, a white Kia sedan, okay. four door, and I just wanted to see how it drove. Um, very nondescript, blend in anywhere. And while I'm sitting in the car, 
right? They put, they come out of the car wash with this huge SUV, you know, three, three rows, brand new and it's gleaming. The water's still dry. And I'm thinking, Hmm. maybe I should get that (laughs) right. Cause it's in the same thing. Uh And then I think, no, I'm going over to Manhattan beach uh, because I've got an afternoon to do what I want. And I know the parking's going to be really tight. So I, I stick with that. And then while I'm sitting there, a two door Mercedes coupe pulls up right in front of me. Wow. Just out of the wash. And I'm thinking, Ooh, that'll be easy to park. And then I'm like, okay. And then this is what happens. And this is what I, you know, if there's any feedback from our listeners on this, uh, (laughs) I go, I'm in LA. I don't know LA. And I've read too much about LA. And so my goal is I don't want to be a target. Uh. So instead of getting the black Mercedes two-door coupe fresh out of the wash, it's easy to park and has the glamour, you know, buzz on it. I stick with my four-door nondescript Kia. So that's what I drove around. Of course, it's a great car. And the whole time I'm there, I'm like, should I have gotten the Mercedes? That's that's hard. I I, then, I I might have gone for the Mercedes, Tom. I know. And then driving back, so a good friend of mine um, worked at Ziegler. It was a former president, Michael Norton. We were doing the training together. And so on the way back to the airport, I say, because I'm – kind of a steward of money. I'm like, you know, I always stop and get gas. And I said, we probably have about three or four gallons that we've got to put in this car, but it's six o'clock in the morning. He goes, Oh, I wouldn't stop. And I go, why is that? And he goes, well, some places I know really well, like Denver, Dallas, I'd stop in a heartbeat, but he says, DC, New York, uh, LA, you don't know the area that you're stopping in. And so again, I made another decision based on safety. Yeah. Right. And so I got the the bill and it was like they they charge ten dollars a gallon. Oh my gosh. Which is crazy. But it's only four dollars a gallon more than what I would have paid at the pump. So yeah. So you start thinking about that and it, and it was three gallons. So basically I paid an extra 12 or $13 to have them fill it up than me. Yeah. Definitely worked the hassle factor and the security safety factor. So anyway, wow. that was just an interesting story uh, of kind of the way we make decisions. Now it's based on our impression of what's going on in places by what we read in the news. Mm-hmm. And it may or may not be based on reality. Yeah, I'm thinking comfort, luxury, ego, and over here, safety. That's le- <laughs> that's, that's legit. That's, le- that's that's funny. Well, I'm curious with you. You talked about hospice, so you went to speak with uh, about hospice, and our topic today is selflessness. What a talk about a vocation of selflessness or perceived selflessness. Uh, you said comfort and compassion, and that's what we're taking to task today a little bit. I mean, this is the second virtue you have in the book 
is selflessness. And as I talked about in the intro, the concern is, okay, what is to some degree, what's in that for us? I mean, we, it, which is all is an interesting statement to talk about selflessness. What's in selflessness for me? Well, it's not supposed to be about you, right? It's selfless, but we are a self-interested people. You cite a couple quotes in the book, Les Brown, help others achieve their dreams and you will achieve yours. And of course your dad's foundational quote of you can have everything in life you want. If you will just help enough other people get what they want. I mean, there is a self-interested part and that's why I want to grapple with this today. Cause we are looking at it as a, it reminds me of, uh, Dina Dwyer Owens, who we had on the show a couple times. She has her book values Inc. And they talk about, you know, doing business the right way, doing the right thing having values, leading with principles, morals, ethics. And oh, by the way, you know, at the time we interviewed her, we made $2 billion last year, you know, or, or gross two billion. It's, it's the right thing to do. And it's really profitable. Well, that's just hard. That's hard to grapple. And especially from a religious standpoint, we don't want to look at that. I'm going to be selfless for my self-interest, but we're looking at this. I mean, you put it in here as a virtue to be a successful coach leader, right? I mean, this is a tool. This is a uh, a, a tactic in, in essence. And yes, it is the right thing to do, but you're also saying, and it will help you succeed. So start, start there with this aspect of selflessness. Yeah. And, and I'll just, um, I'll just talk about uh, healing care hospice All right. and, you know, selflessness. And so they're in, they're in healthcare uh, and we're primarily working with their marketers and so their marketing team goes to hospitals and doctor's offices and they ask for referrals. Uh, a lot of people who, who need hospice are elderly. So they're on Medicare, Medicaid and in that situation. And so there's pretty much money set aside with insurance and those programs to, to take care of hospice. Um, but the people who do this work, uh, several of them are form or nurses and they've switched over to the to the marketing side. Of course, all the caregivers are usually have some sort of uh, nursing or medical background uh, because hospice can in, entail different levels of care. And so there's just and they've been in the middle of it with with the pandemic. And there's all this rampant burnout and stress and lack of motivation and depression. That's not you know, it's everywhere. But in healthcare, especially, it's a higher level of stress, yeah. right? Because, because not only are you constantly going into environments where you could be exposed, but uh, everybody's at a high tension level anyway with hospice because yeah. it's a it's it's that time of life. And so we were talking about with their with their marketers and their uh, uh, leadership team. Uh, so we were doing some marketing sales training and then we were doing some leadership strategy and consulting. It was kind of, we, we did one day of each. And so we were talking about their values. And so one of the marketers said, Hey, the reason I love working here is because of compassion. And then he tells a story. Uh, I can't remember. It, it might've been a lady he tells a story. And Sharuz is the, is Galsani. Galshani is the is the CEO, the founder, and he's over there. He's listening and he's a little uncomfortable, right? Because it was kind of like um, it was something he did, but he didn't want to broadcast. Right. And, and she goes, I love working here because we go the extra mile. 
And then she told about a hospice patients they had and their air conditioning system went out in their house. And so all of their vital signs were spiking because of just heat. Oh, wow. And Sharuz said, let's buy them an air condi- a window unit or an air conditioning unit for that room. And that's not going to be reimbursed, right? That's, that's somebody with compassion saying, hey, we've, we've agreed to care for this person in this time of life. And we have a responsibility to do whatever we can. <laughs> and in the big scheme of things, you know, an air conditioning unit for that room to help that person in that time of life get through it is just huge. And so to me, that was, that's a, that is like selflessness on display uh, and especially his reaction to it. Like, <laughs> this is not a marketing ploy. This is not uh, anything other than an organization, a company, a group of people walking out of value, right? And, and that's what the 10 virtues is all about. Um, people in the book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times, you know, what we try to answer is this question. Everybody says, how do you love people? <laughs> how do you do it? And the 10 virtues are the, how do you do it? And selflessness is the second chapter and or the, the second of the virtues in the series. And it's one of the biggest ways you love people by being selfless, by putting them first, by sometimes sacrificing uh, for their benefit or the benefit of somebody else who is in a position where they really can't do anything. They, they can't pay you back. They can't uh, offer something back to you in return. You're listening to my discussion and dissection of being selfless with Tom Ziegler, CEO of Ziegler and proud son of Zig Ziegler. And this is from his book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. 
no idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and air doctor is just the best. Air doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Okay, how do we talk? How do we balance? I don't want to minimize. Here's, here's the risk that I'm running in my, in my agenda here, Tom, or, or not my agenda, but in, my, you know, in, the, in the discussion, is not minimizing the altruistic aspect of giving and serving and being selfless. I mean, my gosh, as a parent, just what you talked about giving to somebody who can't, you got an infant, what do they give you back? I mean, technically nothing. Of course you're getting love and you're waiting for that first smile and you know, you do receive something and that's what I'm playing with here because you're talking again, you're, you're, you're coming from a business perspective with your book primary. I mean, it's personal, but business perspective, you were hired to go out there. What's the name of the company again? Hospice. Healing Care Hospice. Healing Care Hospice. And they're in LA. Um, so you're, you're hired to go out there and help them with their business overall. I mean, they're there and they're hiring and paying you money and they're looking at their bottom line. They want you to help them do business better and do a better service to people, make a better profit as well. And so I don't want to minimize though the altruism, the service of, the, of that, of them going above and beyond to serve one of their patients, buying an air conditioner that they're not going to get a payment back. But you did talk, you, you actually mentioned the word on display. Well, here we are putting them on display. Just interesting. It kind of makes me think of the, what goes around comes around. I mean, that guy, the CEO there, he obviously made a great impact on that patient. Where will that go? Maybe it's just gratitude and that's it. And he gets that. That's a, that's a payoff. He gets that gratitude. Maybe they refer and recommend another patient to him, another customer to him as well. He also obviously has the adoration. And I would, I would say, you can speak to this. I would, the, the loyalty, increased loyalty from his employees and everybody he works with. That's a huge, that's a huge payoff, you know, for him as well. And then here we are on the Ziegler show. That's going to be listened to by tens of thousands of people. We have a huge contingent in California and we're talking about this company as well. And the things we do, we we can look at this from a religious standpoint and say, there's a spiritual payoff. There's like an eternal payoff. And we also look here in the temporal world. And I think you, you can't hide these things. Even if you try, you can't hide them. And there is a we do live in a glass house world, I think more and more. And these things do come around. They do, we do get credit for them in a sense. And I don't want, 
again, I don't, how do we do that, Tom? I don't want to minimize the altruism, but there is a payoff. This is it's the right thing to do. And again, we're back to it. It's also the most profitable. Sorry is almost how I feel like phrasing it. Yeah, you're, you're right on with that. It, this reminds me of a quote. I, I read a book called Boyd, and it's about the greatest American uh, aviator and aviation mind, uh, strategic warfare mind. Mm-hmm. And there's a quote in there that he said, and this is one of the ways that he lived his life and his military career, is he said, if a leader asks for loyalty, give them your integrity. Okay. If a leader asks for integrity, give them your loyalty. And so let's, let's do a comparison here. So let's look at these three qualities, loyalty, integrity, and selflessness. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening in this company is because the company is asking for their people's integrity. There's, they're saying, do things with integrity, right? That then emboldens and creates an atmosphere where selflessness can take root. Mm -hmm. Because when you, as integrity, you look at our core values and you see compassion as a core value, right? This is what we stand for in our market. Well, integrity would say, I have to act with compassion, Right. Because to act without compassion would be a loss of integrity. And so one of the ways we walk out compassion is selflessness. Hmm. And that's where we will do things for other people's benefit, where there is no obvious immediate return on that act of service. Right. Hmm. But but in the big scheme of things. What happened is he then created an atmosphere in his organization that says, hey, I set the example. If you if if there's something that's going on and you need to and you need to show some compassion and some selflessness and, you know, and it costs a few dollars, you got it right. You, that's that's what we're about. And so the end result is when when somebody says, hey, uh, do things with integrity around what we stand for that creates loyalty. Yeah. Right. That creates loyalty. And that's something that's, that we see all the time. It's backwards is people, you know, leaders will stand up and the strong leader with all the stereotypical stuff will say, Hey, you know, one of the things that I expect is loyalty. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And that is a very, very dangerous thing to say. Loyalty should simply be, the byproduct. I was going to say a result. Yeah. A a result of everything else. Yeah. And so it's just refreshing uh, to go in and they're committed, right? I mean, they believe that um, they, they, they do a better job at, at helping people in the most difficult time of life than anybody else. And they're on a mission Yeah, because every time they do good, good happens. Yeah. Well, it reminds me, Tom, of Monty Moran. So we had Monty on the show about a year ago, I think. He is former co-CEO of Chipotle. And he joined them back when they had eight stores or something like that. And uh, by the time he left is when they were the, 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 the company we know of today. Dramatic 
you talk about a unicorn, they would call that a, you know, a unicorn investment or a unicorn, you know, startup company. Uh, nobody would have guessed it would do what it did today. And his book is called love is free. Guac is extra. love the tie is such a witty, uh, title <laughs> for them. Yeah, isn't that great? And, uh, so I had the pleasure of meeting or having him on the show. We did a couple shows together and then he actually flew up and saw me on a mountain bike trip I was on in Leadville. And we had a, a three hour breakfast together there in the main street in Leadville, uh, Colorado. And his, I was going to say claim to fame. That's not, that's not fair. But one of the primary things he did, and it's part of the book is he met with face to face, something like 10,000 Chipotle employees. And his point was not coming in and saying, Hey, this is what Chipotle is about. This is what we want from you. It was to the point of what you're talking about, Tom. He said, tell me about you. Tell me about you. I want to know about you. He actually has a PBS special right now. And the name is slipping my mind. I actually saw an email about it yesterday. Uh, it's, it's called unity, something of that fact, but he's talking about how we're all part of humanity together. And we all are part of the same family in essence. So he has a PBS. So if you look up Monty Moran, uh, PBS, and I think it's, it's unity, something around that you'll find it, but that's, he's so, that's so him. He is about the other person. Uh, he wants to know about you. And of course, what does that make you feel about him? You love the guy who, how do you not like somebody who's interested in you? And that was a selfless act, a seeming, I'm not going to say seemingly, but a selfless act that he did as the co-CEO of Chipotle, instead of being up here and just being in his, you know, high rise loft, he's down at the next Chipotle store meeting with the employees. And he did that again. I think it was around 10,000 times. That was incredible. That's really his heart. That's just kind of who he is. That's what he was as a, as a lawyer. Uh, that was his, his role as, as he got into Chipotle. Uh, and that's who he was as a lawyer and created an incredible law firm uh, prior to his work with Chipotle. Obviously, it paid off well uh, as well. And, you know, I look at that. I looked at the word selfless, Tom. I mean, just to think about the word. What is that? It's selfless less self. And it made me think about the somewhat the definition of humility and it's not being less. It's not caring for yourself less, but it is sometimes thinking and serving others, as you said, ahead of yourself, putting not yourself first, but someone else though it also, and I'll throw this at you, got me to thinking about, we'd like to be all, I think, generous with money, right? We like, we talk about that a lot. It makes everybody feel good, whether you're giving it to a homeless person, to a ministry, you know, to a, a, a friend, uh, you talk about that. You tell a story in your book about somebody who gave a coworker, I think a hundred dollars that they didn't really have and how that blessed that coworker and blessed them as well. But to give that money. And if I want to give more, I do need to go over here and spend some time actually making money. So in this aspect of selflessness, it is something that we do take some time to care for ourselves, to think of ourselves so that we can go over here and be selfless. I don't think it's a one place where we can, we can't, none of us, I don't think are in a place, few of us, not me, of just giving out money continually without actually making some as well. I mean, so there is a, it is like you said, a byproduct or result of us caring for self that allows us to have times when we don't, and we do put others first. 
Yeah, and it's very rare where you know money's the ultimate solution, right? It's 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 sometimes it is, and sometimes there's nothing. You know, there's a problem that needs to be fixed, right? You just do it. Uh, but more more in line with selflessness is when you're looking at, gosh, how can I uh, elevate or encourage or inspire or or help develop the people around me so that they can grow. And one of the biggest ways we see it uh, on a day-to-day in the business world is like, who takes the credit, Hmm. right? Who, you know, in in the story of splitting the steak, you know, the story I tell about dad and I, where where there's one piece of steak left and dad and I are looking at it. This is when I'm a kid and we both want it. And dad says, you want to split the steak? And I say, yeah. And he says, uh, okay, you cut it. I'll pick. Well, I don't know what came over me, but I intentionally cut it 70, 30 instead of 50, 50. And so dad had that momentary look of horror on his face. Cause now he had a choice, you know, does he get the big piece? Cause that's what he wants. So he reaches over and grabs the small piece. And I say, wait, dad, I want you to have the big piece. Yeah. And, and I think to me, that's that's what it is. Selflessness is with your kids, your family, your friends, uh, your teammates, your coworkers, the people you do life with, is you want them to have the big piece of steak. It's like you really relish and get uh, satisfaction out of making the pass so they can score the goal. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's an incredible uh thing and gosh there was an award one year of of two players and and they were basically tied in all the categories um and they couldn't figure out who was uh most you know the most valuable player and then they they created two awards and one of them was uh the one that got the better award was the one who helped other people score the most wow Right. It wasn't just individual statistics. Yeah. It was setting everybody else up on the team to win. And I think that's a big piece of selflessness is really um, understanding that the bigger the bigger role in life is to help other people get ahead. And of course, that comes back to dad's famous quote. You can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. But I think selflessness also has a motive behind it. And if your motive is self-benefit at the end of the day, people see right through that, right? If it's just doing something because it's the right thing to do and to help somebody, people see that too. Okay. That's a great, thank you for motive. One of my favorite topics, as you know, is looking at the motive and that one Let's play with that for a moment because I do struggle, Tom, with feeling like, can I ever do anything without some bit of an agenda? Can I really be a hundred percent selfless or can I hold both of those? I'm doing that because it is good and right. And it is for that person. And I, I do also benefit. I know that I do. Is there room for that? And it's interesting from a, uh, well, heck a biblical standpoint, 
anybody who's been to church, been in the, the Christian, well, I think it's beyond Christianity as well, but in the Bible, there's a lot of references to dying to self. So the epitome, we would say of selflessness, dying to self. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, I was going to say, I'm going to pose. It has been posed and I'm interested in the concept of, is it dying completely to self? There's a lot of references to dying to the old self. The old man is actually you know, one, a reference of scripture reference that we pull out and coming alive to being born again to the new man, woman, person. And so is the dying in this, uh, the selflessness really dying to, or, or, or pushing down the, my lower self and being that higher self that does have someone else's interests in mind ahead of alongside my own, possibly. It makes me think of uh, Seth Godin's book. I don't remember which one it was, Tom, maybe you do about the lizard brain. Uh, I can't remember. Lynch the, was it Lynch? I brain think brain? it is. I think it is. And that that's really a paraphrase of that, of we are all down here at the base level that we tend to respond to life often uh, at this base level, the lizard brain, the lower self. And we want to be that higher self, that mature self, that altruistic self, that selfless self that's serving at this higher level that is serving has, uh, is other people minded. But I think my, concern is, can we be authentically other people minded, realizing that we're never quite completely bereft of being self-minded as well? And can those coexist without it being just one or the other of, of, cause I think a lot of people struggle with that feeling of, am I ever really totally selfless? And of course they know that they don't want to be over here and being the opposite completely selfish. And there's where I wonder if there's a tension or I feel like, I believe there's a tension that people really struggle with and it can lead to guilt of going, gosh, I don't know if I'm ever true. Cause I, I feel, I felt that way, Tom. I don't know if I'm, I feel almost incapable of being truly selfless. Even if I know I'm authentically doing something that is for this other person, if at the least it just makes me feel good. You're kind of back to Shanti Feldhahn's kindness aspect that we talked about in uh, episode 986. You're listening to my discussion and dissection of being selfless with Tom Ziegler, CEO of Ziegler and proud son of Zig Ziegler. And this is from his book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. Yeah, you know, when we when we think of of selflessness um you know that i heard i heard joe calhoun say this um I, I asked him i said hey is there ever a time when somebody's time is done at the company right they just make a mistake and it's time for them to go and we weren't talking about murder or fraud or anything it was just and he said, yeah, when they make a decision that benefits themselves at the expense of someone else. Yeah. Okay. So that's probably the, that's selfishness. That's right? the blatant. Yeah, absolutely. And there's where I, and I do want to pull, I mean, that's where we have a lot of focus in our culture today is pointing the finger at everybody who's a narcissist. That's our favorite word. It seems like everybody who does something that feels offensive to somebody else. Well, they're, you know, they're a narcissist, they're selfish, they're doing it at somebody else's expense. So that's a, that's kind of a highlighted hot point right now. 
And so it's, for me, it, it's one of the things that very few people do. And this is why uh, we serve so many coaches. We have so many people in our coaching system who, who are choose to win and see the top coaches because they get this, mm-hmm. this aspect. And that is, is that in order to create the life you want, you have to have a clear definition of what your why is, what your purpose is, you know, what's the bigger reason that you're here. Okay. And so, you know, for me, and and I learned this from dad, um, when he was dealing with other people, I'll just use an audience, for example, uh, when, when, when he was going to speak somewhere, he didn't hold a grudge or have any uh, ill feelings to the audience because they were in a certain category. He didn't care if they were senior citizens or young people, if they were sales focused or technology focused, if they were educated or uneducated, right? Because his why was, I, I want to change as many lives as possible. Yeah. And so his focus was impact. And so this is where selflessness can be a huge help. Let's just say you're on a team and you have a lot at stake and you really are driving your concept, your project, your idea of what's going to have happen. And somebody else comes in and now you're competing with them, right? You're both trying to drive And then you sit down and you judge the merits of what's going on. And so is your primary goal to get your project idea sold or is your primary goal to figure out what's going to have the greatest impact for the mission of the organization? Mm -hmm. Selflessness will always gravitate towards how can we have the biggest impact? And then it reminded me of uh, a conversation I had with one of my mentors, Bob Teedy, and I told him I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, people bring me ideas, but I don't have the capacity to do them. And they're good ideas. And he said, well, Tom, I think you're asking yourself the wrong question. He said, they bring you an idea and you ask yourself, how should I, how can I do that? When the first question you should ask yourself is who should do that? Mm. In other words, kind of a, the the natural tendency is when somebody brings you something to do, you kind of have a selfless or a selfish view of it. Hey, they're bringing me something for me to do. And I'm either going to say yes or no, or wait. When the reality is, is I should have a selflessness response, which is, Hmm. That sounds pretty good. I wonder who the best person to do it is. Maybe we're in this position not to do the work, but maybe we're in the position to make sure the work gets done with the greatest impact, which could be somebody who's more qualified than us to do it. And so those are all little things that people who truly walk out selflessness, they just get an edge. Uh, And the reason they get an edge is because when you're congruent in your core values and selflessness as one of the leaders, then people see you consistently making decisions based on integrity Mm 
because your integrity says not who's right, but what's right. Yeah. Your integrity says, how can we have the greatest impact rather than who gets the credit? And so if selflessness is just a golden thread in your foundation, then people watch and they say, wow, gosh, I can bring this person any idea. And if they value the idea, they're going to help me figure out how to have the greatest impact rather than who gets the credit or does it compete with something that, that they have a motive behind. You just helped me clarify something. I'll probably put this in the intro, maybe the title of this show uh, to some, I don't know, but that we look at, you mentioned selfishness again, or talked about that, that we look at selfishness as a zero sum game. I keep coming into that term uh, in, in these discussions, but we look at that, that meaning I get something and you don't, or somebody else doesn't. And I think that's what's been rubbing me or kind of itching me in regards to selflessness is the idea that we can also look at it as a zero sum game that is supposed to be selfish. No, Tom, I'll give you this. And that means I don't get it. And as you just said, it doesn't work with that. Selfishness is a zero sum game. Selflessness is a win win. You talked about that. People who have an edge is uh, is for a true edge, a healthy edge, a, a sustainable edge. And it brings to mind, I'm interested. I am a, as you, as we both are, Tom, we're faith-based guys. And, uh, I think people know where we stand, you know, spiritually. And we would look again at selflessness as being the right thing to do, eternal rewards, all that type of thing. It's interesting, and I find myself sometimes looking at the evolutionary, science-based, non-spiritual debates around a topic like this. And I think it's interesting because it brings up that thing of it's the right thing to do, and it's the most profitable. That if you look back in the evolutionary argument for selflessness, they simply say that over time, people learn to adapt for the survival of humanity and learn that this selflessness, as far as a, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And, uh, is a, again, a win-win and it helps sustain life better. And I kind of like that. It's not making an argument, uh, a value for evolution to somebody out there. Who's going to take offense at that. But I like it when you look at both sides and go, eh, they're kind of both saying they're both holding up the same value, maybe for some different foundational reasons. But I personally appreciate holding those both together again, back to you know, Dina Dwyer Owens with the, her values, Inc. of going, yeah, I have an integrity and morality and doing the right thing in business. It's the right thing to do. And we made a lot of revenue. We had a very successful, dramatically successful business. And I know that's what you're seeing with these coach leaders. The people who take this mantle of the virtues are the ones that are, as your, as your dad said, are finding everything in life that they want because they are helping other people get what they want. What Monty Moran walked out so beautifully with uh, Chipotle. And it's just a great, for me, Tom, it's, it's, you know, I'm a student of these shows more than a purveyor and teacher. I, I feel like at least, and I lose sight of this sometime. I mean, I don't think I'm ever doing something at the expense of someone else, at least not cognitively, uh, consciously, but 
uh, sometimes I lose the fact of, Hey, am I, am I putting that person first? Am I taking care of my team first? That's one where I can, I can lose that for the objective. I'm an object objective focus and I can take advantage of my team sometimes and not honor them. I had this discussion yesterday with someone. Uh, and so bringing this aspect of selflessness to, to a tangible level for us all, which is what you do in the book and why I wanted to have the discussion, uh, today, Tom, uh, it is, I feel, I feel like, uh, I learn as much from these as what I get credit for teaching. How's that? <laughs> so thanks, man. It's uh, cause you're the greatest host in all the land. Well, what a selfless thing to say, Tom, <laughs> you have my loyalty from that. Hey man, thanks. I, I appreciate the, the book. I have, I, it's brought me back into studying it again. I look forward to the next virtue with you in the next episode, brother. Sounds good. I trust this show shed light on the concept of selflessness so you can better engage with having less self and serving others without it being a zero sum game that as a human is impossible. It's okay to give and serve and feel good about it and benefit from it and enjoy the reciprocity. Healthful serving adds to both parties. It doesn't just take from one and give to another, leaving the giver with less. Coming up next in episode 991, we're back with Yale School of Management superstar Zoe Chance to walk through her personal habits for success. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.